I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything on this show, and we love your stories. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. Today, you're going to hear from Maria Eldon. Maria is the zoological manager of birds the St. Louis Zoo. She'll be speaking on behalf of Enrique, a 30-year-old penguin with arthritis who just so happens to wear shoes. Enrique is a southern rockhopper penguin, and he is an elderly bird. He's about 30 years old. Penguins tend to live about 15 years old. Penguins that live in zoos live a very cushy life. 
He's just a, a gentle bird. He is really easygoing. That's unlike rockhoppers a little bit. Rockhoppers are very vivacious, very in your face, but Enrique kind of has a, a softer side to, to him. He is quite the handsome little bird. Um, he's got a girlfriend, and apparently, as we found out this morning, um, another female liked what she saw. So this morning, he had two girlfriends. Enrique came to St. Louis Zoo in 2016, and he, prior to that, had lived at Omaha Zoo. Zoos talk to each other a lot, and before any zoo receives any animal, there is a lot of communication. What does the animal like? What does it not like? Behaviors that are good and maybe some that are not so good and the veterinarians also receive a lot of information about medical history. He had signs of arthritis already at that point and so there was no surprise. Uh, we didn't just open a box of penguins and see that one wasn't feeling well. We knew what we were getting and we were prepared and that's super important. With arthritis, you notice that they're slowing down a little bit, maybe not coming up for food just as fast maybe wait for some of the more spry neighbors to run up to the food first. And our keepers are really well-versed in not only general bird behavior, but we hone in on the individuals too. So when one is feeling off a little bit, we know right away. Enrique is an active swimmer and that's great, but we couldn't have any topical creams that alleviate some of the arthritic pain. They will kind of rinse away. So thinking outside the box can help us. I think animal people are a special group of people where very few things surprise us because we have to think outside of the box so often. With humans, an arm is an arm and a leg is a leg. But with animals, there's so much variation. Our veterinary team, who are really great at coming up with all sorts of ideas, found a company that makes little shoes for working dogs and dogs that just need additional help after injuries. So our vets were able to connect with that company. We were able to trace Enrique's feet and get measurements and the amazing people who can sew very well <laughs> made the shoes for him. The first time we put them on, he kind of looked at his feet and looked at us and then took off running. What the shoes do is just to protect his feet and give a little bit of extra padding for him. The original pair that was sent, we found that he just needed a little bit more cushion and it needed to give a little bit more grip with rockhopper penguins, their feet are very important. They grip the rock as they're climbing up, but because we just put shoes on him, he couldn't quite grip. So we ended up receiving a second pair of shoes. Now this pair of shoes was hot pink on the bottom, as opposed to the first set of shoes, which was all black, but no one cared. A few just kind of looked, some kind of tried to come over and check it out, but he would just tell them, no, um, he is very vocal and he bites. So once everyone figured out like he's not gonna let you mess with his shoes, he was, he was good, he was golden. It has become such a routine for him that he really doesn't mind and it makes little difference to his mate. 
So we do put them on at about 10 o'clock in the morning and take them off at about three. His mate Paris, she just sees them go up and he comes back and she's like, okay, this is great. Sometimes you'll see him with his wing over her, which is very cute. It is nice that he does get some time to just be a penguin. We really take his behavior into account. We do know that it does provide him with some comfort just based on the way that he stands. We keep track on a weekly basis to make sure is he eating, is he getting around. And what we have seen is that he does swim with the boots on too, and that's an important factor for penguins. Penguins should swim, and he does still swim. He is still social with his mate. They preen each other all the time. And as long as he's doing those things and having a good appetite, we know that he is comfortable. Since we have tried this out, our veterinarians have been in contact with a few other zoos who asked us how it went, and they considered it for some of their penguins. So the shoes are spreading. There are a few other penguins that are getting some relief too. The opportunities to enrich the lives of our animals are endless, and it really takes a lot of innovation and collaboration to continue to provide the best care for these animals. It is great that the story is getting out about Enrique and his shoes, but it is also such a minor thing for us. You know, we made him comfortable and that was our job. There are so many other things that we do for animals that maybe are just not quite as visible, but also have a big impact. And I just hope that the story helps the guests that visit St. Louis Zoo see the dedication that we put into the care for all of our animals. And beautiful production work by Madison on the piece. And a special thanks to Maria Eldon, who is the zoological manager of birds at the St. Louis Zoo. And it's a world-class zoo. I spent many summers in my life in St. Louis, and that was always one of my favorite days. And I don't know many kids or adults who don't love just visiting a zoo. If you get to St. Louis, by all means, visit this terrific zoo. What a thing that Maria just said. We made him comfortable. That's our job. Indeed it is. Crafting a special pair of shoes for a 30-year-old arthritic penguin named Enrique. That story here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we continue with Our American Stories. Pastor and author James E. Ward Jr. came to national prominence after Jacob Blake Jr. was shot during an incident involving the Kenosha, Wisconsin police. What made his response so unique was his call for prayer, peace, healing, and forgiveness. In his book, Zero Victim, Overcoming Injustice with a New Attitude, James Ward describes the pivotal moment in his life while in third grade. Here's James Ward. You grow up in the South as a kid in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, knowing somehow as a kid that it's black people against white people, 
The city that I lived in, Tuscaloosa, is physically and geographically split with the Black Warrior River. And you knew that the white kids kind of lived on the north side of the city. The black kids lived on the south side of the city. And before third grade, I don't really recall having any relationships with white people. It was just the norm of being in the black community. The streets were sometimes dirty. There was kind of garbage on the streets, cars jacked up on cinder blocks and things of that nature. That was our way of doing things. Even before that, I was fortunate to grow up in a, a Christian family. I did have the, the typical praying grandmother that you, you hear about, but also a praying grandfather. Um, our family was probably the professional Christian family that you would think of in the sense of the dads involved in church, the moms involved in church. Both my sister and, and I were involved. And I like to say we were professional Christians in the sense that it's just what we did and what we knew how to do. But there's also a pitfall in that, um, is that you can do the professional side of church and not have uh, you know, a relationship with the Lord. Uh, something you know life-changing happened for me in third grade, right at the tail end of the school system being integrated. I remember the day, just like yesterday, when we were put on a bus and bus to the white side of town. And I thought that was going to be a, a hostile day. I thought that was going to be a very challenging day going to the white side of town and uh, didn't know what to expect. I didn't have favorable expectations of that day. But something, Greg, that was really interesting to me is as we made that journey across town, across the Black Warrior River, I noticed that the scenery changed. I noticed that the landscaping on the homes that we were passing by was much different than the side of town that we lived on, where there was you know, dirt in the front yard, no flowers, trees and shrubs were not kept. But as we moved to the white side of town, things were so much nicer. And that bus ride became encouraging to me because I said to myself, I want to live on this side of town. This is where I should be and this is where I want to be. We get to this this elementary school, which was Verna Elementary School, brand new school. The playground equipment worked. When you walked into the building, the smell of fresh paint, the smell of fresh chalk on the chalkboard, it was just a different experience than what it is that I experienced up until that point. And I'm just thankful that my third grade teacher happened to be a friend of my praying grandmother. She was a pastor's wife from, a, I think, an AME or Baptist church on the black side of town. But I didn't realize until later that she preceded me in the integration of the school system, that she herself was one of the first black teachers um, actually working in a, in a white school. And she, she seems to have, you know, during that time, just kind of taken responsibility for me making the transition well. And um, going into this environment thinking that it's going to be, you know, pretty hostile, me and the, the white kids, and there's going to be fights and things like that. One of the things that Mrs. Pitts did, which was so amazing, she would put your name on the board if you, if you scored well on a spelling test or something like that. She would always put your name on the board with a star next to it. And I began to notice that my name was on the board often. You know, I kept kept seeing my name on the board for good reasons, you know, not for punitive reasons. And something happened inside me internally. When I began to see that my performance was not hindered by the white kids around me, and I began to understand that they were not holding me back, something changed inside of me that disarmed any hostilities I had against those white kids. 
And the moment I recognized that they were not against me and they could not stop me from performing well, something shifted in terms of my own self-worth, my own identity, me understanding my own capability, and it changed the quality of my relationships with those kids. So in other words, the turmoil was internal. It was something that I was perceived that was not a reality around me. And that really became the basis of the zero victim message. A change happened inside me before a change could happen around me, or I could say a change inside me, it initiated a change happening around me. So Ms. Pitts, she made an incredible impression on my life. Again, from the black side of town, there was a certain culture that we experienced. But when I encountered Mrs. Pitts, I noticed that she was a very disciplined woman. Her posture was very erect. She was one of the the kind of women that uh, there was not one hair out of place. She had this salt and pepper hair, and there was never one hair out of place. Her posture was erect. She always had her feet together. She would speak with elegance. She was a very gracious woman, a very kind woman. And to this day, I can remember what it's like to be in her presence. And that made a tremendous impact on me. I said to myself that she's not like most other women. She's not most. She's not like most other black women in the sense that she's so refined and she's so regal. And I saw something in her that I would just kind of describe to be at the time black excellence. There was a different way of speaking and talking. And really at that time, and even to this day, I think it's unfortunate in some situations, if I'm honest, when black people sometimes speak eloquently and we don't necessarily use the kind of language that we use in the inner cities, we sometimes are accused of talking white and sounding white or, you know, selling out and all these things, which is most unfortunate. But I look back and I think about Mrs. Pitts's life And I see that she was really a forerunner to enter into her space. And she took me on, I think, being just the grandson of her of her close friend. I think she took me on as her project to teach me how to integrate. I think she was teaching me the power of integration and how to develop relationships and how to function, you know, in this new space that I was being called to in the education arena. At the time, she seemed to be a lot harder on me than the other kids. And I kind of thought to myself, sometimes it felt it felt as though she was picking on me a little bit. And I look back in hindsight now, and she was not picking on me. She was actually favoring me. I remember my parents were working during that time. I took the bus to school again, and uh, the bus would leave pretty much immediately right after school. And Mrs. Pitts would tell me, Uh, James, you need to get involved in more activities here at school. I didn't really want to do that, you know, and my my excuse was that, hey, the bus has to leave at 325. Whatever school lets out, the bus has to leave. I don't have a have a ride. Well, I didn't know that Mrs. Pitts, you know, she had an answer for my excuse. She called my grandmother without me knowing about it and made an arrangement with my parents for her to bring me home from school every day. So instead of me taking the bus, She made arrangements for me to leave like later on during the day just so that I could get involved with the math team, you know, with the spelling team. She wanted me to be involved with safety patrol because those experiences would enrich and enhance my life. And that was different, again, coming from uh, our culture growing up. Most of the times, you know, you want to play basketball, you want to play football, but actually getting involved with the spelling team, the math team, being involved in the safety patrol team. Those were some of the things that that Mrs. Pitts really pushed me to do that at the time I didn't even really want to do. 
But again, she was cultivating and bringing something out of me and um, didn't seem to give me any, any wiggle room, really, in terms of my behavior and my conduct. At that time, growing up in the South, you know, it was really kind of a community parenting kind of concept that it was not just your parents and your grandparents that would discipline you. Anybody in the neighborhood could discipline you. I mean, a friend of a friend. And if you got in trouble somewhere that you weren't supposed to be, I mean, you had been corrected and got a spanking three or four times before you got home to get the, the last spanking from your parents. And that's the way that Mrs. Pitts related to me, that she was right there. She was hard on me. And I can see now that she was cultivating and trying to draw something out of me that would really be necessary in life. And if we're lucky enough, we all have a Mrs. Pitts or two in our lives, black, white, brown, whatever. When we come back, more of this unique voice, this unique story, pastor and author James E. Ward continues with his story here on Our American Stories. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we continue with Our American Stories and James E. Ward and his story about his life in the third grade in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Let's pick up where he last left off. And so as I fast forward through, you know, my middle school years, my high school years, my mother was active duty military and uh, her and my father relocated our family from Tuscaloosa, Alabama to Decatur, Illinois. And again, going to an area always being in a space that was, you know, I was a minority. So many occasions I found myself as the only black student or one of just a few black students and uh, really began to do very well with music. I got recruited by DePaul University to come to Chicago. That continued through my graduate years. The concept of zero victim thinking itself really became crystallized when I began to work for a a racially diverse church, but a rather, rather large church on the south side of Chicago. We took what's called an attitudinal assessment. And one of the categories that this attitudinal assessment measured was the degree to which you see yourself as a victim. And so I took the assessment, not thinking much of it. The results of the assessment actually came back. And in the area of victim thinking, my score comes back zero. And the, the guy who was facilitating the assessment called me. He says, you know, in my, in my many, many years of, of giving this assessment, I've never seen anyone score zero in the area of victim thinking. He says, James, everybody has some de- degree of victim. Everybody has experienced certain things in life that makes them feel like a victim. And he says, I had to call you and find out who you were to get your story to understand how this is possible. Um, I like to say that I'm now certified and is documented that I'm zero victim. Um, I think about Bible stories. One of the Bible stories of Jesus, you know, being on this boat with his disciples entering into this thunderstorm or hurricane or whatever it was, and his disciples felt that they were going to perish. And the Bible says that Jesus was sleeping. And I really began to understand that even with that story as a as a great example for me, that Jesus was the only one not fearful about entering entering to, into the storm because there was peace inside him. And it seems that the peace in him was superior to or greater than the storm around him. So our church congregation has become known pretty much as the zero victim church family because I'm always teaching the concept of zero victim thinking because it represents the mind of Christ himself. And so for many years, I've been explaining to our church that as a pastor, certainly that Jesus was a zero victim thinker. So if you imagine that the only innocent man that ever lived suffered the greatest injustice that the world has ever known, 
And while in the act of still being victimized or experiencing this injustice of crucifixion and being crucified for someone else's sins and not his own, while the nails are still being driven in his hand, he's already praying, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. That is the standard of how we deal for injustice in life. And so I've been teaching this for many, many years in our church. It just so happens that um, there's a, uh, two ladies in our church, Janie Johnson, as well as her daughter, Julia Jackson. And they've been with us from the very beginning. And um, one day on August 23rd of 2020, I get a phone call from Julia Jackson. And it's Julia saying, uh, Pastor, my son has been shot seven times by the police in Kenosha, Wisconsin, August 23rd of 2020. And immediately we just begin to pray that he would live and he would not die. We begin to pray for God's peace and God's intervention in that situation. And of course, the world now know, all of America, I should say, now know that incident on August 23rd of 2020 as the Jacob Blake Jr. shooting. And uh, we've all seen the video. That was Julia's son. And so that connection with Julia and her son being shot brought myself and my wife directly into Kenosha situation. So this is in the wake of the George Floyd situation. There's riots happening in the street. Those storms that I talk about, America was really in a, in a very, very tense place the summer of 2020. We're gearing up for the presidential election. And so you have just tension between folks on the left and the right, between Democrats and Republicans. And now you have this Jacob Blake shooting on top of the George Floyd shooting. And America was just in a really, really tough position. And my wife and I were drawn into the Kenosha situation because of our connection with Julia and her son, Jacob Blake. I'll never forget on that same evening, we were going to go up the following day to be with her and to spend time in the area to support her. Um, but I remember on the same evening, shortly after her son was shot, she sent a message to my wife and I and said, Pastor, I need another zero victim T-shirt because I want everyone to know that I am not a victim. That lesson is so important for us. Again, we can't control what we go through, but we can control how we go through it. There was a press conference a few days later and at Julia's request, she asked me to open the press conference with prayer and to speak a word of calm over Kenosha. And um, we're expecting that Kenosha is just going to go up in flames because there was so much tension in the nation. And so the very first press conference that was held after the Jacob Blake shooting, I was able to open uh, by speaking just a few words of encouragement to our nation, calling for peace and beginning to speak this zero victim message over our nation. And it, it, pretty much went viral that the, the news outlets and folks from across America began to pick up on it. And we began to get hundreds and hundreds of messages from people saying, what you're saying is different. You sound different. That instead of them, I think, frankly, instead of them saying a black man who was angry and a black woman who was angry, calling for more destruction, um, we were calling for peace. We were speaking hope. We were calling for prayer. I began to hear from people who, who were saying that I'm, I'm not religious, I'm atheist, I'm not a Christian at all, uh, I'm not a person of faith, but what you're saying about faith and what you're saying about the nation makes sense. It's logical. We need to hear more. And um, during that process, I um, was contacted by 
uh, major news anchors to do interviews about the Kenosha situation. And apparently one of the, the viewers of those interviews was someone in the White House, maybe President Trump himself. And eventually um, he did come to Kenosha on September 1st of 2020 to hold a roundtable and, um, you know, called and asked that, that we would be involved uh, with that roundtable and working with some community leaders. And uh, we're grateful for the opportunity. We're grateful for the invitation to do that. And um, we tell folks all the time that we're, we're apolitical. We're not on the left or the right. Our nation has become, I think, more obsessed with right versus left instead of right versus wrong. And so we were honored to share that space and to share that stage with President Trump and Attorney General Bill Barr. And if President Biden or anyone else had been in office at the same time, we would serve our president, whoever the sitting president was, to do what we could to impact the nation. Um, it seems anything that can possibly be used to bring division in our nation is being used to divide us. And, and the soil from which these things spring is always victim thinking. Victim thinking is being weaponized and being used to divide people. And we've been listening to Unique Voice, James E. Ward's voice. And by the way, he's the author of Zero Victim, Overcoming Injustice with a New Attitude. I urge you to go to Amazon or anywhere else you get your books and buy it and read it. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with James E. Ward about his story. And my goodness, imagine getting an assessment that you have a zero when asked about attitudinal assessments as it relates to victimhood. By the way, I'm married to a wife who's at a zero and she was molested for five years in the younger part of her life. And it is an absolute zero. When we come back, learning how to live with, well, what you have to live with and how to do it with peace. More of James E. Ward's story here on Our American Stories. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we continue with Our American Stories and the story of James E. Ward. Let's pick up where we last left off. In the days here in our nation where the, the narrative says, the cultural narrative says that white police officers are out to get black men and there's this constant war between white police officers and black men. You know, there, there are incidents that are, that are most unfortunate uh, that happen in our in our society. I like to re- to remind people, even as a pastor, that we have a sin problem and not a skin problem. I think that when we when we only talk in terms of race and we make things about black versus white, it is such a surface level conversation. Uh, for example, you know, even even biologically speaking, uh, the human skin is you know something like 0.05 millimeters thick. And we're letting something so thin and something so inconsequential as skin color define our lives to such a degree. How can something so insignificant become so significant to define every aspect of our life? And it's only 0.05 millimeters thick. And so I think that having a conversation about race and racism in America, it's a reality but it's a shallow conversation and we don't go deeper into the hearts of people. We don't go into the the character of people to really unpack the issues and the evils that reside within people that cause them to relate to each other the way that they they do that are damaging and that's not beneficial. In my in my own life, I can give you several several stories, one of which I was driving home, you know, on a weekday morning dropping my kids off at school 
And uh, we happen to live right now in the in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, which is, you know, somewhat of a, I should say, an influent area. I can go through our community for three or four weeks and never see another black man. I'm driving home from, from school to drop my kids off on a weekday morning and um, made somewhat of a minor illegal, you know, maneuver in traffic. It's something that people do all the time. If someone is waiting to make a left turn, you just kind of, you know, slowly proceed around them. And um, that particular morning, there was a police officer behind me and he pulls me over for making that that maneuver. Now, in today's society, with the narratives that are happening, immediately in my mind has to think, I'm a black man being pulled over by a white police officer. And the society has already told me how this encounter is supposed to happen. It's already conditioned my mind to think, that this is not going to turn out well. Whether I made an illegal maneuver or not, the narrative tells me that this police officer stopped me because I'm black. And so these, this is just the, 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 real, the realistic side of dealing with these encounters because of the narrative that's happening in America. So the police officer has a narrative in his head that I'm going to be defiant, I'm going to be rebellious, that I hate him, that I think the worst about, about him. And then I have this narrative in my head that he hates me and he's out to get all black people. But I can say that it was it was I who initiated the change in our intera- interaction by not being a victim. And then he responded. But when the officer approached me in my car, in my car, I look him directly in the very center of his eyes as I would anyone. And instantly it changes the, the dynamics of our encounter. I speak to him with confidence. I speak with him with respect. I'm not fearful. I'm not disrespectful. I'm compliant, polite. I'm cordial. And so immediately the officer was able to pick up that this guy is a quality guy. He's not going to cause me any problems. There's just a way that it disarmed the interaction. I gave him my license. I gave him my registration. He went to his car. He came back and says, I'm just going to give you a warning. He saw my registration, saw that I lived in the neighborhood. Hey, I see that you live in this area. And the next thing you know, we started having conversation. And, you know, I, I invited him by. I said, you know what? Anytime you're in the neighborhood, why don't you stop by for coffee? I'd love to have a time to get to know you and your family. So I invited this white police officer over to my home for coffee. So now he's really kind of saying, wait a minute. This is not how this is supposed to go according to the cultural narrative. He asked me, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor. Oh, my goodness, you're a pastor. He said, you know, I have a really good friend who's another police officer. Uh, he's just been diagnosed with cancer. Would you pray for him? I said, absolutely. I love to pray for him. And so now this encounter with this white police officer that, you know, according to the latest report on the evening news, uh, was supposed to end with some kind of violent interaction is now ending with a prayer meeting and um, ending with a positive interaction for me to actually uh, be of service and to be be a blessing to him and to his friend who was going through a traumatic situation. Um, I can give you another encounter that didn't end as as well with a white police officer. Again, living in the same neighborhood, once a year around Thanksgiving, they do a 5K run through our, our neighborhood and they close down the roads except for the people who live in the neighborhood. I wake up that morning to go to the health club as I as I normally would and on my way back, there are policemen set up to screen and to make sure that only folks that live in the neighborhood are able to proceed down these roads. And so I come to 
the first checkpoint, there was a police officer of Asian descent. I rolled down my window. He says, hello, how are you? Good morning. Do you live in the area? Yes, I do live in the area right around the corner. I named my street. And he says, okay, no worries. Have a great morning. Just stay over to the left side of the road and keep an eye out for the runners. I get to the second checkpoint and there was a, a black American police officer. Same same procedure. I rolled down my window. He says, good morning. Hey, how are you? Do you live in the area? You know, sure. I live right around the corner. I named my street. Uh, he says, no problem. Be careful. Look out for the runners. Have a great day. Well, the, the third police officer was a white gentleman. And I rolled down my window thinking that this is going to be easy. And I say, hey, you know, good morning. I'm on my way home. And he was very rude to me. He really barked orders at me. And, you know, do you live in the area? Yes, I live in the area. Do you have a driver's license? And I'm thinking to myself, I, number one, I've gone, I've gone through two checkpoints already. And not only that, I've just communicated to you where I live. He asked me, what street do you live on? I had to name my street. He asked me, how far down is your street? I had to explain to him how far down my street was. And then he asked me for a driver's license to prove that I was not lying. I'm compliant. But at the same time, I'm, I'm becoming angry, you know, and I'm not a person who gets angry quickly. But when I watched the cars before me go through his checkpoint and there was no question there, he, there were no questions. He didn't ask for driver's license. He didn't hold them up at all. That's an unfortunate encounter that, that happens. We can't deny it. It happens. But again, I think we have a sin problem and not a skin problem. It was my zero victim thinking, my zero victim understanding, me embracing this message, the lessons in third grade that prepared me for that moment to not overreact because that is the moment that if I had responded with anger, that situation would not have ended well for me, even though I'm right, he's wrong, he has authority that I don't have. So another black man and, or any person, for example, in that situation, you don't just have to be a black man. Any person, if they had reacted out of anger and out of frustration, the situation would have escalated and become something much, much more disastrous and something undesirable. Um, even from an organizational standpoint, I sometimes teach our leaders and uh, any, any CEO, any organizational leader knows that you can't stop people in your organization from offending other people, but you can stop the people in your organization from being offended. And if you can stop them from being offended, it changes the culture of your church. It changes the culture of your business community. It'll change the culture of your community and your nation. And I believe that this message right now is something that's critically important in America. We've gotten away from building better people. When we build better people, we'll build better communities and we'll build a better nation. But the attempt to build a better nation without building better people will be futile. And I believe that this zero victim resource is the thing that we need right now that helps tremendously in building better people so that we can build a better nation. And great work as always by Greg Hengler on the production and the storytelling here. What a voice. You've been listening to James E. Ward and the formative experience in his life comes when he's in the third grade and the fundamental transformation in his life comes from a lady named Mrs. Pitts, who, as he put it, what she had done for him was pick him out and get him prepared for life. 
to become a better person and ultimately a part of a church community and trying to teach people how to become better versions of themselves. But the best way to change a community is to build up people and make them better people. And by the way, the book Zero Victim, Overcoming Injustice with a New Attitude is James E. Ward's book. Pick it up at Amazon or all the usual places. A beautiful voice, a beautiful story, James E. Ward's story from Tuscaloosa, Alabama to Chicago, a remarkable life's journey, a great story here on Our American Stories. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.